Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon, and together with my husband, Marcus Dillon, we lead Who's Really the Boss podcast, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. Welcome back to Texas also, yeah. even though this will release way after we actually get back. Um, we have been gone for a few days. Yeah, it's been an adventure to say the least. And so uh, Texas, welcome home, but slap you in the face with the heat and the humidity pretty fast. So Yeah. And so we're actually going to talk a little bit about how we tried to escape the heat and humidity, but just want to give a disclaimer for anybody who might be listening and wanting full on business advice, accounting advice, or just leadership tips that we often talk about. This one's going to be all about dropping Kinley off uh, halfway across the world. So our oldest and launching her off into her first semester of college. So if there's anybody listening who doesn't care about our personal life, we'll see you next week on the podcast yeah. with the regular um, topics. But this week's going to be all about Kinley. I think it's uh, there's a lot to learn from this conversation, regardless uh, if you've got kids or going through a life transition, um, things like that, uh, our mistakes or expectations going into <laughs> something, maybe, uh, lower those expectations when you're in a similar situation. Uh, but then also we can weave in some of her, uh, business aspect as well, because, uh, as many people know that she does have a small baking business that's and here in the States and then getting her over there, uh, what it looks like for her to have work uh, without a visa, the right visa, and also getting supplies and, you know, everything that went into that piece well, too. Yeah, let's start with your expectations. What did you think it was going to be like? Because neither of us have ever been to Europe. Yeah. So we did go to North northern Italy and also southern Switzerland, which are basically like the same thing. There's yeah. very, very little differentiation between the two um, in the place that Kinley's staying. So what were your expectations before we left? Uh, before we left, I, I, you know, assumed we would be having dinner or drinks on the shores of Lake Como with the likes of uh, George Clooney and his <laughs> wife. And, uh, you know, it would be a pleasant 65, maybe 70 degrees, uh, slight breeze, sun shining. And yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking uh, that it would be. And uh, the expectations were one thing and reality was another. Okay, so same. We planned to have two full days at Lake Como. We have heard nothing but fabulous things about this area. Even looked at weather about maybe like a month to two weeks leading up to the trip and saw yeah. highs were around maybe maybe 70s and 80s, maybe, um, and was actually thinking, I hope it's not cold like when the sun goes down. <laughs> I hope we're not cold and like we pack correctly because we were actually only allowed to pack in like half of a carry-on so that all of the checked bags could be yeah. Kinley's stuff for her dorm and for four months of life in Switzerland. So yeah. um, that's not quite 
what the beginning of the trip was like. So you want to yeah. talk through what the beginning days were I like think, when we I arrived? I think it all started. So um, many of you, you know, know that we went to obviously drop off our child across the world. It was also her first semester of college. So a lot of our friends and similar people have done that before where you drop a kid off at school and do the dorm thing and then do the emotional thing driving away from. So ours was a little bit different because we had to go through this trip across the world. So um, I really wasn't thinking about the logistics of leaving a child behind or everything that goes until probably the week out. Um, and then, you know, then the fear sets in of like, what could go wrong? Uh, she's somewhere so far away and start going through like the dad checklist, right, of what could happen. And I remember saying like, okay, if something I need a sign that something will either go right or if there's like a warning sign that it will go wrong, God, hey, do that before we leave. And so no warning signs. And then the day, the morning of we leave, uh, we get a text message <laughs> at like 3.30 from United Airlines. Oh, your flight has been canceled um, from Houston to New York. The New York to Milan was still there. But uh, so was that a warning sign? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know at seven o'clock when we woke up to then go to the airport and be fine. We were already upgraded, which was nice. And, uh, you know, looking forward to that, everything had reset and now we're flying to Chicago. We are on the flight, but not maybe sitting together and things like that. So all of a sudden, like plans immediately change before you even wake up to go to the airport. And I don't know if that will be a sign uh, of things to come for this whole experiment, but it was not what I expected. The two days in Como that were like, okay, this is going to be cool. We're going to have like a little mini vacation with Kinley before we take her to her dorm and things like that. That was cut short and uh, it was just kind of off to the races from the very beginning. So cool was a great uh word to use to describe <laughs> what it was going to be like, because that's not what it was like at all. When we arrived, I actually expected jet lag to be a big problem and that the first day that we were going to be there would be miserable. But because our flights got changed, we actually left during the time that we should be sleeping. And then when we arrived, it was daylight. So it's like your anticipation and yeah. just adrenaline is going of being in a new place for the first time. And how do we <laughs> drive in this foreign country and find yeah. the, even find in the rental car. But when we got there, we were awake. That was fine. Yeah. And everybody was in some good of spirits. Us had slept, but <laughs> some had did not. Yeah. I, Gave my seat to Kinley uh, that laid down and allowed for full sleep. So I kind of felt like Buddy the Elf. I got a full 45 minutes <laughs> on that flight and then ready to keep going. Yeah. Uh, but it was so hot. It was like we just flew for 16 hours to get out in Texas. <laughs> it was hot and there were mosquitoes. <laughs> and those were two things that I did not expect at all. Yeah. I knew I... I was hoping it would be warm, but I didn't think it would be hot. And for some reason, I just thought mosquitoes are only here in the South and that yeah. they aren't anywhere else in the world. So I know that's not true. We've been places yeah. like Honduras and other places, but Those were I, just just I, just thought, I just thought Switzerland didn't have mosquitoes. Yeah. Well, uh, Italy sure did. So it's... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, they both did. Yeah. So they were just Italian mosquitoes. Um, <laughs> and so the... 
we took it in stride. I felt like, um, you know, you arrive at the airport in a country you've never been to and Milan's a big city. It's, uh, I would say like a New York city equivalent to Italy, uh, on many aspects. And you're trying to like navigate an airport and we've been south of the border, Mexico, Honduras, Bogota, and this was not that way. So we actually rented a car. That was a recommendation from one of our friends and clients who travels the world. And he's like, Italy, Switzerland, you're not going to have any problems. And that was a lifesaver. But they gave our reservation to somebody else because we were so delayed. And now we're like trying to jockey for another car uh, that was of similar size because we had six full suitcases of gear, I think, yeah. um, to fit in a uh, European size car, right? <laughs> so we're not used to Texas SUV love and big trucks and everything like that. So we rented a full size sedan. It was, it was good size, but you know, you've got one person in the back with a couple of bags of suitcases. Um, just don't, don't drive fast, I guess, is the moral of the story there. But even navigating, you know, the wall of humidity hits you and, navigating the airport and looking for this rental car desk office. I think we exited one door too early and missed the whole rental car section. And we're just like roaming around the parking garage essentially is where we landed. And, and of uh, course we didn't need like a luggage cart because nah. there were enough of us and we could manage yeah. the bags on yeah. our own. After 40 minutes of walking around, we decided that was probably a poor choice yeah. not, not to get the luggage cart. Well, we didn't have any uh, money that translates to because yes, like uh, you go everywhere we've been before, like U.S. dollars are sought after compared to their local currency. And here it's like, you know, what is that trash getting out of my face? You know, <laughs> U.S. dollar. Um, that's, that's not what we want. So I don't know that we could even got a cart to use mm -hmm. without exchanging funds. And so it, it was an adventure from the beginning. And, uh, you know, we did make our way out of the airport with a car with all the bags packed and everything like that and uh, made it to Lake Como, um, our hotel there and spent a couple of days. And, you know, it, it all worked out like there's there's worse places to be for two days. Right. Yeah, a lot of walking, a lot of sweating. Yeah. Uh, we did learn that Uber is not necessarily a thing in Como City um, or any of the little towns around Lake Como. And so that was fine. We had a car. And so it was just a little <laughs> different. We said the lanes in uh Italy were kind of like in the in the towns were more like a one and a half lane and the motorcycles and mopeds just decide whichever side of the road they want to drive on and really yeah. mostly just drive down the middle. And so, yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, and when you say one and a half lanes, like one and a half lanes for a two lane, two, <laughs> for a, a two way road, not a one and a half lane like we have extra cushion. No. Um, this was uh, tight. So. And probably had the bigger car of most people. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you're ever European vacation, dumb Americans, uh, I'm sure we got pointed at and laughed at. And so the, uh, the day kind of at Como walking around, thought we would just kind of get on a ferry or a boat and be good and had no idea that like there's these long lines. And well, one expectation that did play out um, during throughout the whole trip was I did expect to have gelato. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think we exceeded that expectation by having it at least every day, if not more than once every day. So uh, that was good. And then also just the beauty of the surroundings, like 
totally exceeded expectations or met expectations. And so we got, we left Lake Como and went to Kinley's University to check in. And as soon as we got there, I think Kinley and myself, I think our eyes were definitely opened and looked around and it didn't look like any of the other universities we had toured in her search for where to go. So buildings were smaller and older um, and then no AC anywhere in sight. Yeah, uh, including her dorm. And so the, the the thing was, you know, it was 90s and humidity. Um, so going from Italy to Switzerland, that sounds like, what does that look like? It was going, just driving. There, there was hardly a border. It, you could tell that they could section it off if you wanted to, but there is not a show your passport, go through any type of passport control or anything like that. So that was fairly easy. Show up. Um, first off, it's like, Waze is doing its best to keep up with like <laughs> European destinations. And uh, it did take us to the right spot. So Waze pulled us into Franklin University and they're like, oh, you can't park here. You can drop off your bags. So even that was like there was three or four parking spots and like eight cars there. And so it's like the Austin Powers, you know, uh, in and out. Uh, 12, 12 with, point turn. Yeah, 12 point turn, point turn to get out of this uh, little parking lot to where I can go park and have um, a little bit more space after the bags were. But yeah, I, I wasn't there for that initial reaction or shock to like, this is, this is, this is it, you know, to, to where you and Kenley kind of uh, landed. So, um, but whenever I met back up, I'm like, oh, okay, like just kind of go with the flow. But it was apparently not uh, flowing at that time. Um, so I can only imagine uh, what was building and uh, when it, you know, finally kind of was let out, um, I was there. So, so we thought, uh, expectation of her dorm, we had seen videos online, videos online. I now know are almost always a thousand times better than what it will actually be in person. But we have, we live in the South. So what we see are these generic dorm rooms that get this major, uh, over the top transformation is the typical dorm room. We knew going into it from just packing the stuff and knowing what was going to be available. Ikea is exactly the same as it is here in the States. And so we knew exactly what they have and what that would look like and what we were going to have available. But when we walked in and found out she was in a room uh, not big enough for one bed and one person, but that there would now be three girls living in this bedroom, like not even enough space for all three of them to have a closet in that room. Like yeah. one girl's closet is outside in their living room area. Um, we were highly disappointed. And to top that off, no AC, we were like in the tiniest hot box you could yeah. ever imagine. Yeah. It. Um, we tried to do our best space planning ahead of time uh, before we really, uh, and we moved th- some things around, like turn their living room into their office and then their uh, entryway into their living room just because. Um, and then there uh, is three girls, but three American girls, uh, you know, that aren't accustomed to that living in one space. And so everything from the moving stuff in you're dealing with cinder block walls there's no ac but there's no there's no heat 
either. So uh, it'll be interesting on the other side of this, what what becomes when it does get colder there. So, you know, there was plenty of things to kind of reflect on from how, you know, not not clean, uh, just left as is the, the, the room was in the space to, um, there was a, a random fan that was, <laughs> that was left in the space. So we thought we hit the lottery until we tried to turn the fan on and I believe it caught on fire or it began got smoking. On, so, it yeah. caught on fire and I am so thankful that it was me that yeah. was plugging it in. Uh, the girls had had plugged it in and it turned on and then it turned off. And so we were trying to determine, was it the leftover surge protectors? Was it the fan itself? Was it the actual outlet? What was not working? And so I went to plug it in a different place and smoke started coming out of it. And then a flame shot out the side. So thankfully (laughs) I was there and didn't leave it, um, but was able to unplug it and move it out of the way and just told them do not. And then of course you're scared to throw things away because you have no idea what's been inventoried as it needs to be there. So we're just like, wrap it up and set it in a corner and like, do not touch, like let someone come pick this up. Don't throw it away, but don't touch it. Yeah. So, um, the, the thing that we were told ahead of time because of the way that voltage works and uh, plugs in that area of the world, don't bring your U.S. devices, even if you do have an adapter, because they could overpower and cause things like that. But that was a Italian or Switzerland fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, partly thereafter is like taking the inventory of, OK, what do we need? And it's different than moving a kid into school here in the States because, you're probably loading up the SUV and pulling up to the university with like most everything you need. There it was re, re you know, rebuying everything that you have at home from hair care stuff to um, cooking utensils to plates, forks, knives, just because you didn't want to use the grungy stuff that was left over from the previous tenant. Yeah. And so that was an expectation that we didn't have going into it. We just assumed Kinley, so she took nothing, that she would not be able to bake and do anything with Kinley's confections other than maybe post like the desserts and the gelatos that she would get in bakeries that she would visit. Um, That was kind of the extent of what we thought her social media account and content would be for the next four months. And then when we got there, we found out she has a very small, but usable kitchen located in her dorm room. So it is there, but for the three of them to use. So she's not, you know, fighting with the floor. She, they have their own bathroom, they have their own kitchen. So that's not, it is tiny. (laughs) Like when I say tiny, like a full cooking sheet um, in the U S will not fit into their oven, um, but they do have an oven. So, yeah. So it was off to the races. Um, She obviously had a full agenda with starting, you know, not classes, but activities with the university Mm -hmm. and getting introduced to other American students. I think there was 180 in the class, nine from Texas, 25 from SMU, a lot of USC kids. So, um, you know, fairly spread out US kids going, but then a lot of other um, countries being represented in that class as well. So it is definitely a diverse start for her um, college career. And wanting to leave her with things that felt like um, comfort or home. So baking worked out. 
that she was able to do that. And so it was, let's go find everything you couldn't eat to, you know, kind of have this thing that you love so much and be able to do it because now it's just, it's in your room and there is an oven there. And oh yeah, if you turn that oven on, the room only gets hotter, uh, <laughs> but there's a fire blanket on the wall in case everything catches on fire. You just have to cover up with the fire blanket, you know, and it's okay. So, yeah. Um, so she, we, after a couple of days, we realized that yes, she is going to need a way to keep herself busy. Uh, we had the expectation she had met a few girls online, like just through Instagram, nothing, nothing else. Um, no Zooms, no like FaceTimes, nothing like that, but just DMs through Instagram. And from a outward appearance, they look similar enough, but kids are just different. People, all people are just different. And when you're from even different areas of the country, different family upbringings, like interests and things while there can be similarities like Taylor Swift and fashion. Um, I'm not sure what some of the other ones were, but I know those two were important and felt like that they would be really good connections. Then whenever you get and meet and realize that other activities and lifestyle choices that people make are different than what yours are, we yeah. really needed to make sure that she had something to kind of fill some of her extra time. The other thing that was kind of very eye-opening because they couldn't pick any classes. They had no idea what their class schedule would be until the last day of orientation, <laughs> until the Friday. So she got there, she got moved in, she met people, um, was learning the campus and, and different processes uh, like trash, which not much is trash. Everything is recycled. So they have to sort their own paper, plastic, glass, um, aluminum. And they have to buy their trash bags, which helps deter them from not recycling. Uh, you are fined if they find recycling in your trash bag that you've purchased. And so um, and, very, and very they, different. Yeah. They also, um, if if your trash is in a non-approved trash bag, because that's how they collect tax is yeah. the trash bags are tax. And if you want to minimize trash in a country like that, you're going to tax the trash, right? And so you can recycle as much as you want all day long. So um, encourages people, right, through monetary means. And uh, Switzerland has a very low tax rate if you can um, live and work there. Not if you're also a U.S. citizen, though, because you <laughs> still have to pay U.S. taxes on your worldwide income. But Overall, that's why there is a lot of wealth in Switzerland because over their their effective tax rates around twenty percent, and that's probably the max. And so, if you're a U.S. citizen, you get to pay that twenty percent, but then you have to pay the difference. Let's say it's thirty seven percent, you still have to pay the remainder here in the states. Um, so it doesn't apply to us, but that's why Switzerland is sought out as kind of this financial haven for corporations and individuals sometimes. Yeah. And so her classes, like her class schedule, we thought there's only 400 total kids. There's They aren't all freshmen. There's only 100-ish of freshmen coming in. So she should be able to take whatever classes she wants. So she goes to register for classes, and that is not the case. So part of her experience there will be an academic travel class. That means they actually do have class twice a week and learn something. But for two weeks uh, during the semester, the whole school shuts down and all of the kids in their academic travel classes go on location 
to apply all of this learning. When they come back, they have some kind of culmination project based on whatever the class is. Kinley's is going to be an eight-page research paper, which she is not excited about. So her locations, uh, I, I like tried to block out the whole conversation because she was so disappointed, but she is not going to Florence and Rome. Rome, I think was where she thought she was going. Her second choice was like to go to Paris and those are not where she's going. Yeah. So she is in a history based class and we'll go to some really cool places, but they are a lot in Switzerland and maybe a couple in Germany. Yeah. And so she is, uh, Central she Europe. actually, yeah, she will actually visit a concentration camp as part of her, um, project and to yeah. write about. So, uh, she, she is now after the initial disappointment, she's getting more excited about it, but still yeah. nervous about writing eight pages. I don't know that she ever had that length of an assignment for her in high school. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the classes. The other one is a communication class, uh, <laughs> where I think we've done pretty good job at raising introverts and, um, the communication class, you have to give a 20 minute Ted talk, I believe. And so that's actually not for her communications class. That's oh. for her university seminar, which oh. again, she thought university okay. seminar, this is like a blow off class. Yeah. And then the first day found out uh, one of the assignments, not the final, so the final will be something even more special, um, but she has to give a 20 minute TED talk on something to do with happiness, which is excellent because during this week, uh, happy was <laughs> probably not the emotion she was feeling majority of the time. Yeah. So um, the the class piece, uh, that academic travel class, there are different options she was bummed about, but overall don't, you know, don't cry for me uh, because that just means that her travel that she does herself or with friends can be a little bit more uh, uh, chosen. I, I don't know the yeah. word to use there, but uh, a little bit more individualistic than traveling with a whole group of kids and kind of having to go with flow. So I think they already had a trip back to Como within the first week to kind of hang out and swim in the, the lake there. Um, Portofino, Italy. Maybe. Um, yep. And I think that the other other call I got this week uh, was, hey, dad, um, everyone's going to F1. And I'm like, F1, do you even know what F1 is? So tell me about what did you expect? Because I feel like I know what you expected. And I kept trying to bring you down before we even left. Like I just yeah. kept trying to like manage those expectations because I <laughs> expected something different. But during her orientation was like really took up the majority of her days, um, all of the first three days after she moved in. So what were your expectations of what we would be doing yeah. while she was That's at a, orientation? It's a great, uh, great question. So and I'll start with how did I pack? And so I think <laughs> you can look at the expectations of a trip by how someone packs their bags. And so I took a sport coat and really nice white slacks, uh, <laughs> some very nice Italian made shoes and a couple swimsuits and uh, not sunscreen because we have to buy that when we get there. But I thought this was going to be excellent. And, you know, we were going to be on the shores of, like of honey, Lake Like honeymooning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and. I should have packed more shorts, more short sleeve shirts, more deodorant, probably <laughs> uh, definitely bug spray, you know. And so those are the pieces where, you know, the sport coat didn't get used. The long sleeve button downs didn't get used. Um, 
the white pants did get used, but you know, in a different setting. And so it was, uh, it was just different. I, I hope that the trip back in December, uh, is a little bit, it, it'll be cooler, um, <laughs> unless something really goes wrong. But, um, but yeah, it, if you just start with how you packed, what did you use and what didn't you use by the time you came back? That's, that's kind of how it went expectation wise. Yeah. I fully expected the day after we moved her in for us to be busy running around, getting all of the things that we couldn't get the day that we moved in for whatever reason. So I thought one extra day would be dedicated to like, okay, we'll be the hero and like go solve all the problems before. And then she's going to tell us like, I have plans with my friends like, oh, we're going to go do this and we have this planned and, you know, no, I can't see y'all for dinner. No, I don't have time to do this. That was not exactly what happened. I felt like we were still trying to pick up pieces and really probably not. If we had it to do again, it would be different. I feel like the whole first week we were trying to make Switzerland America. Like we were trying to make Switzerland home instead of trying to figure out how to make her comfortable in Switzerland. And so we were really trying to bring any pieces of normalcy and familiarity to her um, in any, in any way, in any amount (laughs) that it cost. It didn't matter (laughs) at that point. We're just like, swipe the card, swipe the card, swipe the card at any and everywhere that we went. So um, but yeah, that, that was not quite the case during the daytime she was busy. So maybe till like four or 5 PM. But then after that point, like she was ready to be kind of away from that area, um, and find air, like find cool air anywhere. Like she didn't even care where she went, where she sat, slept, like it didn't matter as long as it had AC. It was not what we expected, but we tried to make the most of it. I think she is making the most of it now that she is there. Um, you know, I probably because we were there a day or two extra than other parents, like it was just that much more of a Velcro situation because we could be the escape or the rescue. Um, so that's something else to consider whenever somebody's taken, you know, their child. Yeah. And so the ending, how I expected it to go, I thought, you know, Friday, she had a trip with orientation planned to go offsite to um, like a river and a waterfall in the mountains and um, they would be gone all day and there's all these cool pictures and things like that. Of course it rained. <laughs> it did cool down though. So that was yeah. the good news. It did cool down. But Friday I thought she's going to have already found like her people and they're like trying to getting to to know these people and like, okay, mom and dad, like y'all are, y'all are done. And that it would be just hard for the two of us. Like just you and I would be upset. And really I thought only I would be upset and you would be consoling me as we drove away and like, it's gonna be fine. Um, but after experiencing what it was actually like living there and just how different it was from culture standpoint and then how hot it was and just no escaping that heat. Um, 
it was pretty hard for all three of us. Yeah, it was. And, um, but as you mentioned, things change and you just have to live through a couple of bad days. And even though it rained on this trip, she still had fun. She still, um, you know, spent time with people that she's going to spend time with for the next few months. And they did awesome things, you know, in the most importantly, they got the pictures for the gram. So yeah, that's true. all that matters. Right. And, um, but as a result, the weather dropped 20, 25 degrees yeah. from here on out. And, you know, now they're wearing sweatshirts and hoodies, not, not as little as possible, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the other piece to kind of keep in mind, uh, with, with expectations versus reality, um, I think you presented it in a really good light where we were trying to change the settings to what we knew and mm -hmm. where we came from as compared to adapt to our settings in our our place there. Yeah. So there are some really cool things that I think will come out of this. So I know as college freshmen, like time management is a big thing, but their time management, like she will get schooled in that even faster. Things close early. More things are closed on Sundays. Um, sometimes things close for the lunch hour as well. Yep. Uh, I think she found out the bus doesn't run quite at the same times and had Taxis to walk Taxis don't back. run on Monday in Como. <laughs> I don't know about that. Ta taxi drivers take vacation, you know, just yeah. at rain. If it's hot, <laughs> yeah. they just take vacation and don't work. Restaurants so. were closed because yeah. it was too hot. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It was awesome. So I think she'll get definitely um, some lessons in time management, some lessons in, you know, just navigating new places and new people and how to how to how to meet people, how to learn what they're really like and then how to kind of, I guess, move towards the ones who are more similar to you and keep uh, friendly with the ones who are not quite as similar to you. So, you know, choosing the, the days and the times that you hang out with people versus the days and times that you kind of keep your distance. Yeah. And, and it's also learning how to, um, interact with people one-on-one -on -one or in a small group versus in a big group, because, uh, people make different decisions in a big group is what we're, what we've seen. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's all learning. It's th being thrown into the fire, so to speak. Uh, it was really hot. And um, the other piece you mentioned, it, things close at seven o'clock or eight o'clock and they're not open on Sunday. So it's like the U.S. was probably in the 60s or 70s. Mm -hmm. And so that culture remains. Amazon Prime is really not a thing there. Um, neither is H-E-B delivery at the you know drop of a hat, but they do have some delivery services, yeah. which are actually that that is probably a Western culture being um, being taken to the core there as far as um, people experiencing those luxuries. But yeah, it's it's a slower pace of life. So it'll be interesting and be cool to watch her come back after this. Yeah, so I really uh, feel for people who have just dropped off, you know, a college freshman. It probably doesn't even matter what year dropped off a kid, uh, and I I get you know the the heartbreak of that. But in my true like dramatic fashion, uh, we can't like jump in the car and be there in a couple of hours, um, or even on a plane and be there in a couple of hours. It takes a whole lot of planning to make that happen again. If, you know, emergency situation, we would get there as quickly as possible. If it's not an emergency, I don't see it happening until we already have a trip planned. Um, 
back in December. But I appreciate now some of the schools that do not allow parents to travel with their kids. Um, I think that we did help her a lot by being able to do that and calmed some of the stress that would have the added stress that would have been there. But then again, um, it would have been a lot easier for me to say, oh, you're just being dramatic. It's not that bad (laughs) if we hadn't experienced it. Um, So for myself, I think it might have been easier. I don't know for Kinley that it would have been easier if she would have gone by herself. Yeah. And the check's cleared. All right. You know, like you're staying and there's no plans. Uh, It would would be difficult uh, at that point to kind of reverse course and choose another path. But yeah, I'm super proud of her. And like I said, the the empathy now we have for other parents who have done this journey before us and those that will do it after us and we'll have to do it again uh, in January and then for uh, our younger one. So yeah, it's it's part of life. Yeah. Well, this has been fun uh, processing all that has happened. I think still, if we kind of give an update on where Kinley is, you know, a week and a half post getting there, uh, every day is still like running the full gamut of emotions. <laughs> so there are very high highs each day and then very low lows um, from just disappointments and other things that <laughs> keep keep popping up. I think that's probably normal for a teenage yeah. girl. I think the other thing to keep in mind there is um, you're you're her safe space. You're the punching bag, um, too. And so, you know, it, it's a lot, it's a lot more, uh, you can take that out on a parent versus like sharing that with someone you don't know as well. And as a friend that you just met. So I think those are the other things to keep in mind whenever people are sharing things that you really can't do anything about. It's the, video of, you know, the nail in the middle of the forehead. Do you want me to do something about the nail or um, just be here to listen? And so I think those are the pieces to kind of keep in mind. Yeah. And then the last part of that is if people are looking for a hack on how to wake up earlier in the mornings, uh, send or befriend have a loved one that's like seven hours ahead of you so that, you know, at 5 a.m. it's noon there and they're texting and calling and like ready to have full on conversations. So now every morning where I didn't want to wake up, you know, before 6 a.m. now at like 530, I'm like wide awake and ready to have full on conversations because Kinley is, you know, midday and ready to start sharing whatever is happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's 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 going to be a journey. So I think the the hardest part hopefully is over. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we got to go and I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. Thanks for leading it. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. Leave us a review with your thoughts, comments, and feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.